everybody, welcome to episode 18 of the Visualize You Show. I am your host, Beth Hewitt, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by my friend James Meller of Rainbow Trout Films and the Northern Video Company. Now, James has had an amazing career in film and television, including being on the set of Harry Potter and other amazing film and TV productions. But before we dive right into that interview, I just wanted to check in with you all. How are you all doing through these busy, festive seasons and with everything else that is going on right now? It just seems like there's a hive of activity, which there always is at this time of year. But with the whole COVID vaccine and other things happening, it just seems really crazy times and not being able to maybe shop in the way that we've done in previous years. So I just wanted to check in with you and I have to keep reminding myself not to say that I'm busy. It was uh, Fawn Anderson of Our Friendly World podcast, hi Fawn, who reminded me that instead of saying that you're busy, so when people ask you what you're doing, so we seem to have this default button of saying, oh I'm so busy, but instead of saying you're busy, actually just say what are the things that you are working on? So reframing that, because I think when we say busy, it has these negative connotations and energy that starts to pull us down. But if we can actually list the things that I've been working on and start to look at it from, actually, these are, this is an amazing list of things that I've had on my to-do list that I've actually been able to achieve. And looking at it in much more of a positive mindset, it can really lift us out of that feeling drained and that we're not getting anywhere when we really are we really are making progress I also wanted to mention so right now we're coming into week three of the gratitude journey where a group of individuals has been joining me in my Facebook community and we have been giving gratitude daily for the things that are in our life as well as doing daily prompts and answering questions in a strategic and planned way, I've put the, the prompts out in a certain order. And this week, we are focused on embracing our uniqueness. And I was reminded of this again in the interview that I did with James. And James entered into this world of film and television completely by happenstance. When his father or his parents were uh, called by the BBC in Manchester, who were looking for suppliers for some live fish to be in a scene of a well-known series called Red Dwarf. And this set James off on this journey of getting really immersed in the idea of film and television as a career. And he was just like 10 years old when this actually happened. So one of the things that I cover when I talk about embracing our uniqueness is actually to look back to that time when we were seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years of age. What was it that we were really interested in and what was it that we really loved to do? And that can give us clues to what can bring us more joy in our life and what we can maybe do and bring more in alignment with the things that we are doing today as adults. So I thought it was really interesting that I was talking about that and that when I was editing the podcast, I was reminded by James of the importance of what it is we were interested in as Childs. Now, the other thing that James mentions in the podcast is this idea of masterminds and how James used masterminds for 
helping him to brainstorm a new strand to his business, but also a brand new name for part of his business. And this idea of mastermind just keeps popping up and up. And you'll know by now, if you listen to a few of my podcasts, I love connecting the dots. And there is definitely something there around masterminds that I am supposed to be paying attention to right now for my business. So it was just, I think it was about a month ago now, myself and Pascal Fintona, who was a guest, if you podcast shows ago we did a mastermind for the digital enterprise digital knowledge exchange program with a group of small and medium-sized enterprises who were really looking at how they could pivot their business during times of covid or at other times within their business and we had an amazing morning and there was so much good stuff shared with the peers within the individual groups that we had and I am also currently doing a mastermind with Jacqueline Malone and Fanoush Tarobe and how I'm masterminding with a group of podcasters to really monetize the Visualize You Show and really set up the podcast as a growth engine and actually the main engine behind my business itself. And so I'm really mulling over this thought of, is there something that I'm supposed to be doing around masterminding? And I asked a question in my community around what were the things that they're interested in finding out more about right now? And one of the things that came up was this idea of being able to create more joy in our everyday lives, not just if you've got a business, but just for everybody. Because I feel like when we're not pursuing joy, when we're not pursuing the things that really light us up, we start to get out of alignment and we start to go off track a little bit. And I really think there's something there around joy and masterminds. I haven't figured out what that is right now, but I just thought I'd leave that with you. And if you have any ideas, please do get in touch. I would love to develop something around this concept. Okay, I've done enough talking. Um, let's head into today's interview with James. I hope you enjoy this one. Welcome to the Visualize You podcast. I'm your host, Beth Huey, and each week on the show, we will talk about how you can pivot in your career and create a business that is more in alignment with your true soul's calling. I'll bring you interviews with inspirational people who have taken that path already, so you can learn the practical skills that will help you do the same. I'll also deliver training and bring experts onto the show to help you recognize your self-worth, honor your skills, and become confident, feeling ready to pivot, package, promote, and profit from your career and life experiences. Welcome James Mellor to the Visualize You show today. James started Rainbow Trout Film back in 2010 and has been in the film and TV industry for over 20 years and has had the good fortune to work on many film and TV productions, including Harry Potter and The Prisoner of Azkaban, Last of the Summer Wine, London's Burning, Doctors, Rocketman, Wheeler Dealers, Car of the Year and The Real Holiday Show. James started out as a runner and worked his way up the assistant director ranks before becoming a producer and director. More recently directed and produced a documentary series the in-flight food trip which launched in 2020 on amazon prime video welcome james wow that's quite i didn't realize i got so many talented friends out there that's quite an achievement that you you've got over your career working on some fantastic films and tv there thank you for joining us on the show today thank you beth thank you for inviting me it's great to be here and with such a an honorable introduction as well where do we go from there (laughs) 
when did it all start for you and how did you end up doing the work that you do today? I think the whole story really started when I was 10 years old and as an impressionable young 10 year old at that point I could have done anything in life as you do and it was a really unusual thing my my parents at the time my father ran a trout farm up here in West Yorkshire and quite randomly out of the blue they got a call from the BBC in Manchester saying our usual suppliers let us down we're looking for someone to supply some live fish so we can film for a scene in a then unknown series Red Dwarf so I went along so we, my dad obviously said yes so I went along with the live fish in the back down the M62 to Manchester and they had the studios in the centre of Manchester then, I think on Oxford Road. And I just walked onto the film set of Red Dwarf and just this whole world opened up to me. And I thought, I just felt at home. I thought, yeah. I love this. And I didn't know what I wanted to do within the industry. Mm-hmm. I thought, this is where I want to be. And nobody from that point on could tell me otherwise whether it's a school careers advisor going oh no and back in those days I don't know if anyone remembers having to fill out the little pencil diagram thing of what your <laughs> your favorite subjects and things yeah you're were. showing your age there <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing my age. yeah pre-internet days those <laughs> and and so nobody could could stop me then and then I think uh, several years later I managed to get work experience over at uh, Yorkshire Television on yeah. Kirkstall Road on Countdown with the original, original cast, cast and crew, as it were. And it was like that was my foot in the door. I was so nervous. I remember having going into the Yorkshire Television bar because they had bars in those uh-huh. days because everyone went to the bar. And I had this cup of tea or coffee and I was just so nervous I spilt it all down myself <laughs> <with> the producer <laughs> because I was just, this was such a big deal to me at the time. But then I was able to get onto that to do some work experience, which then led on some more work experience. I'm in the building and then I'll just talk to people. And yeah. That led on some experience on then a, a children's TV computer game show called Bad Influence. So I'm really showing my age here. This is about 1995. And so I did a two week work experience placement with them. And then I would turn up for every shoot studio day and edit day for the rest of the series so i just they just let me turn up and i just watched and i soaked it in and i just learned so much about how production was run yeah and it really gave me some really good grounding and blocks to start within the industry because back then it wasn't so easy we didn't have the internet Film cameras and things were just not something anyone could really get access to. We were living in the world of still cameras. Nobody had a mobile phone. Yeah. Do you think you would have still headed in that direction had you not had that first insight into it at the age of 10? Do you think you'd have found your way into the, the industry regardless? I would like to think so, but I can't say for sure. I think yeah. really without that happening my career could have gone in a completely different way mm-hmm. that would be with travel or something because that was something else I was quite interested in at the time and obviously IT and information technology things with computers that those sort of things interested me during that period of time so it could have gone either way at that point but I just from that point on it was always the TV film world was definitely where I wanted to go and uh, once I'd finished high levels and I then went down to London to do a uh, 
media technology course at university down there, which was at the time connected with Ealing Studios. And that was the reason I went there because I thought, great, I can get in, I can see uh-huh. some real studios and see some things happening. Although we didn't see masses while we were there, but it was like, I'm here in London back then. That's where everything happened was London centric. And once I'd finished, finished my course, I moved back up here to Yorkshire. I think I was up here two weeks. And then I got a call for an interview for an independent show for Channel 4, The Real Holiday Show. They were based out of Elstree Film Studios. So yeah. I literally was <laughs> back down back the down. M1, moved into London and started my first job as a, as a runner, tea boy as it were, <laughs> making lots of cups of tea and running videotapes all across London for six months. And that was, that was sort of my, my first steps into the industry. Wow. That's really interesting. So how long were you in those kind of roles then before you decided you needed to set set up for yourself and do your own thing? So I I went through a few stages within those early years because the film TV industry is vast. There are so many facets to Mm -hmm. it, so many areas. And I worked for Sky for a year with the Sky One with their special projects department. That came to an end. I then had the opportunity because I really was interested in uh, TV drama and and film and uh, went for an interview down at Teddington Studios uh, with the production manager for Last of the Summer Wine, which is a series I grew up watching on yeah, a Sunday I think many afternoon. of us in, in, the York, in Yorkshire definitely did, didn't we? And so I went for an interview there and I, I got the job as a runner on that. So it was, it's almost like I'd, I'd gone one path in the TV industry and then jumped rails and then went down as peg and then started going up another path. But that job was just one of the most fun jobs I've ever had in my life. I was like, I could go back home to, I could get back to my parents while we were filming up here in Yorkshire. And then it's like, I'm just driving over the hill down into Homeforth <laughs> or Marsden. What are we doing today? Or were we going down a hill on the, in a bath? Or um, yeah, we've got some stuntmen doing some deaf stuff into flying into a lake. And I had a blast on it. Absolute blast. And just having the experience with such great, wonderful, seasoned actors. Yeah. Like Peter Sellers, Dame Thora Heard. And they were just they were so lovely to me and welcoming. It was a family the things about cast and crew on film TVs is they become your family for when, however long that production mm-hmm. is, it's your family, it's your unit. And uh, yeah, I just loved it. And I did that for a, a couple of years with them and then moved on and did other productions such as London's Burning. And then obviously got my big break into Harry Potter, which was... Yeah, tell us about absolute... that then. How does that happen? This is the, the funny thing is the production manager on that, Michael Stevenson, I'd, I'd sent my CV into Warner Brothers. And because I had Last of the Summer Wine on my CV, Michael Stevenson is a second assistant director. He's probably one of the most famous second assistant directors. He's done every big film going for the last 30 plus 40 years. So if there's a big feature film, he's normally attached to it, whether it's Harry Potter or many of the other big films. And he'd seen that I got Last of the Summer Wine and he'd never worked on it. And he wanted to have a chat with me about working on Last of the Summer Wine. So I, I came on board. I thought my first day on Harry Potter was, was just, it was surreal. It was a big, it was a big day. They had 
all the cast in because it was a big day in the Great Hall. Yeah. So literally everybody was in that day. And they they had a whole host of celebrity visitors visiting the set. So I was looking after some some producers who'd done uh, some really big things and some politicians. Like, right, you're looking after these guys. I'm like going, okay, oh. yes, I've seen you on the TV. You, you were the, <laughs> the, the leader of the Labour Party. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was suddenly thrown into this world with all these amazing people. Yeah. And I'm like, this is incredible. I'm here. <laughs> that must have been amazing. Yeah. So I just, I, I, I loved every minute of that. And it's just the fun things. But there's a lot of, it's not all glamour. I, I do have to say it's not all glamour. So when you're lying on a frozen lake for a week while ice machines and things are blasted at you, while they've got these massive camera rings coming over when uh, the Dementors attacking you and you're pretending to be uh, Gary Oldman, it, it's quite, it can be quite tiring. <laughs> but equally, it was just being there, being on those sets, being with those people, with those actors, with that crew. It, it, it's something that's really set a good core within my career and my life. Yeah. And such a good experience to have, isn't it? And to have that then on your CV and LinkedIn profile forevermore. So that that's, sounds like an amazing thing that has happened. And so serendipitous with the last of the summer wine link as well getting you there just makes you think the things along our journey lead us to where we're heading so what came next then so i i then worked on a a series of tv dramas up and down the country Mm -hmm. a stint with bbc doctors and afternoon plays at bbc pebble mill in birmingham i then went all the way up to newcastle worked with robson green's production company on on a six series called rocket man he was building an amateur rocket to get up to space and then he did a a one-off drama called beaten which was a really hard-hitting drama at the time and did very well for the bbc i then got an opportunity to move up the ladder again and become a second assistant director on a couple of feature films also shot up in the northeast and then became a first assistant director, which is right under the, the director, as it were, from a logi- logistical side of things, doing that. And I was really enjoying that. And then I went back to London and I was doing bits and pieces on other productions. Also did a little bit of acting in between. So my face would pop up on <laughs> random things, which people always found uh, amusing. But for me, it was like, it gets me on a set. It gets me to meet other people other crew other creatives and seeing how they work and one of those was christopher nolan's the dark knight and i got to i was an extra on that but i thought i'm getting paid to sit and watch christopher nolan direct and class and it was just exactly and i'm like going you can't buy this experience (laughs) and then the strange things happened i think about 2008 or 9 I got asked by Sky to come and do a short direct short piece for Sky Real Lives channel. And it was only about a 10-day gig. I thought, great. Yeah, I had a, a, a gap in my production schedule. So I went and did that. And then this was working in their in-house creative department. Mm-hmm. So they did a whole wide range of things. And then something else came up, said, oh, are you available for this? And it was more of a corporate job for... Um, Tesco Christmas conference. So I was producing a whole load of content. So the upshot is I was there for two years. 
And that was when, during that two years, was when I got the opportunity to become a limited company, which was something I always, in the back of my thought, I always wanted to have my own company. Yeah. And I was given a choice as, do you want to stay as a self-employed, pay-as-you-earn person, or do you want to be a limited company? I Uh thought, actually, yes, this is the perfect opportunity to, yes. to do that. And, and of course, what do you call yourself as a limited company? <laughs> and I thought, well, no, James Mellor Productions, that's a little bit too self-pretentious. <laughs> and then, yeah, the whole creative process of going around just thinking of a company name. And I was attending the BAFTA Television Awards that year. Yeah. And I was looking at all the different production companies that were winning and Dragonfly Films and oh, Animals. And then it harked back to where, where I started all, with the Trout Farm. And I thought, Rainbow Trout. So I was straight on to Company's house checking, is it taken? <laughs> of course it <laughs> That's wasn't. the first thing, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. So I was straight onto my account and going, yeah, can we Rainbow Trout Films <laughs> as my company name? And so it has that personal connection with okay. me. And the actual design of the fish is based on a drawing my late mother drew. So it was all sort of, it all tied in. Yeah. So I think it was just meant to be. And so that's where everything kicked off. So my first client was a really big client, was Sky. It was producing commercials, promos, on and off-air, all sorts mm-hmm. of content for them. I think one of my ones I'm most proud about was when they, they gave me the, a brief for a new advert for they would, Sky and WWF had partnered and they were doing a new Adopter Jaguar campaign. And they give me this brief for, uh, can we just find some archive footage and, and just bolt something new together? I had a look at it and thought, actually, no, we need to think a bit outside the box. And the upshot is they weren't going to send me to Brazil, but I was able to then work out, I thought, where are some nice jaguars in an outside <laughs> environment? And so I presented a new proposal back to them, which that ended up being, we filmed up at Chester Zoo. amazing footage of the jaguars and so it's all new fresh footage that went into this campaign and that's one of i'm really proud of that and there i remember them saying at the time there the campaign just shot off and went through the roof and so it was great to be a small cog within that with that great that they gave you that creativity to to mm. be able to do that as well that sounds like yeah. so you can put something can put your your stamp on yeah. and i really love the the rainbow trout because i think i've asked you in the past what it means so it must you must get asked that question maybe because it is it's quite an unusual name isn't it and i think but i think i love that it's got that personal story and actually it comes full circle in terms of where you started out and that it means so much to you from a family point of view as well yes no, absolutely and when i was going to film festivals or can and doing meat markets and things at berlin Ali and things like that people remember ah you're the fish guy because i had a nice <laughs> <laughs> so it was like great they remembered I had a conversation, but they remembered. So it was thought it is memorable. Here. It yeah. works. Yeah. So it works, and and that's why I've obviously kept it, and I keep it for all my creative projects now. But yeah, just going back. Obviously, Sky was great, but then of course back then, twenty nine, twenty ten, there was obviously we were going through the finance that financial crash and mm-hmm. things, and then the Sky job came abruptly to an end because they went, oh, all freelancers, thank you very much. Bye. 
So right. I went from a really steady income to zero within a week, which was like, ah, panic. What do I do? And I just invested in some new camera equipment and mm-hmm. things. Ah, what am I going to do? <laughs> uh, so that was tough. Hey, everybody, are you enjoying the show? If so, I would love it if you could leave me a review on iTunes. It really helps the show out and helps me to get more exposure and really allows me to really develop the show and let me know what you guys are thinking. Anybody that leaves me a review on iTunes, you will be automatically entered into a draw for a 30-minute coaching call with myself. We can talk pivoting, we can talk mindset, bringing more joy into your life, whatever you would like to discuss. So this week's review is from Donio L, who says, Beth naturally engages her podcast guests in an organic and truthful conversation, hearing from international guests on how they pivoted their careers and the realities of that journey is a vital for anyone on their entrepreneurial pathway, inspiring and encouraging. Well, thank you so much, Donio. I'm really glad that you enjoy the show. And I really do try to have truthful conversations. I like to try and get underneath what is actually being said by a guest. So I'm really glad that is starting to come through in my podcasting efforts. I also love how we do have guests internationally and that we're not just focused here in the UK because there is so much to learn from so many different cultures. And uh, it's really important that we hear that full breadth of realities of what is possible. So thank you very much, Donio. And if you would like to leave a review and get a 30-minute coaching call with myself, just like Donio, please do leave me a review and listen out for your name. So Donio, do get in touch and let me know if you'd like to set up that call. Okay, on with the show. You hear that when some limited companies start up and you've got that main that one big client who maybe brings in the majority of your income and maybe make that mistake of actually not focusing on bringing in other revenue streams. Is that something that you went through and then you had to go, right, actually, how do I grow this business now? Because I hear it a lot in the conversations that I have. Yes, I think that was a big life lesson of don't have all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Because as I say, that my work there started as a 10-day in and out job and then turned into two years which was great from an income perspective at the Mm -hmm. time but then I neglected all my other as you say all my other streams all my other contacts so when some opportunities came up I made it mistakenly to pass them by so I'm Mm -hmm. doing this now and yeah I regret some of that because I thought I shouldn't have uh, done that but then that's a life lesson in business. Yeah. So as you say I had to really think and go what can we do and get out there but I was it, it took a while it wasn't just oh right I just get some more work in it was hard work and I think one of my first clients back then was Yahoo because mm-hmm. Yahoo were big then they're not as big as they are now because uh, I think Google and uh, Apple have really mm-hmm. taken over the whole tech market from that point of view but I ended up doing some event filming for them for some of their global hack events so they did a european one and they liked what i did with that so much they hired me and i did one out in in tel aviv which was uh, great i thought international travel and filming it was just this is great and I, I i i worked with quite a few agencies in london and built up my portfolio mm-hmm. that way and then 
seven years ago, I made the big decision to leave London and come back to my roots up here in uh, West Yorkshire, now based in Halifax. That was a massive hit on the business because all my contacts were based in London. So I still up and down the country quite a lot. But over time, that's got a little bit less. Mm -hmm. And then it was almost like starting again from scratch. Because, oh, I'm back here, but my contacts are there. I don't have any contacts up here. And it's taken me a few years to find out the lay of the land, the landscape, who's doing what within that landscape and carving out a new niche for myself. Yeah. So it's been a process, some hit and miss things, but I think we're on a, a good trajectory now. For anybody who may be finding themselves in that situation where you have to uproot and move for, what, for whatever reason, is there any kind of advice you would give in terms of shortening that learning curve from the things that you've, you've found? It's getting, whatever area you're in, it's getting connected within the network mm-hmm. of that area as quickly as possible obviously right now we're going through covid and the lockdowns and things so networking has never actually been easier because we can all do it online there's lots of uh, networking groups and i I guess i wish there was more of that in the beginning because there's physical networking as it's quite a bit more challenging than online networking Mm -hmm. because online networking everybody gets their 40 or 60 seconds to give their pitch about what they do and learn about what the other businesses within that area do. And when I came back up here and then went to some networking things, I found it really hard. It's like, how do I talk to people? How do you interact? What am I doing in this space? And then you start, and then you get, sometimes you'd get stuck with the same people are going, well, I know they're not going to help my business. They don't need or want my product. And then how do you get past that? So I think reaching out to your, to the local networks, whether that's in film team, which whatever avenue you're in, reach out to the people around you, make connections, have a one-to-one, have a meeting. Yeah, I think I've had more one-to-ones meetings in the last uh, <laughs> four or five months than I have done in the last four or five years. It's crazy, isn't it? It makes you wonder what we were all doing before, like jumping in the car and going to these really early, ridiculously early in the morning yep. networking events. And I think that has been the positive side of COVID, hasn't it? I feel more, yeah. I feel more connected, even though we're not actually in the same room with people. Let's just talk about video itself for a little bit. What kind of advice would you give to somebody? Obviously, you've worked on large kind of scale projects, but I know you also give advice to S- smaller SMEs who are maybe thinking about video for the first time. What would you say to people who are just thinking about dipping their toes in, in the water in terms of starting to do video? I, I think it's getting over that initial scared I don't want to be on camera Mm -hmm. and people sometimes forget you are your business you are the face of your business whoever you are in whatever walk of life or business it is that business doesn't exist without you as the catalyst that business it can grow and then take on other facets later on but especially in the SME world it's taking that first leap and the great thing about technology and what's out there now you can achieve so much with your mobile phone Mm -hmm. you can your mobile phone is a video camera it can do amazing amazing things but you have to take the time to learn it the skills of presenting for instance on camera how you breathe how you present how you all of these things which if you've ever done any acting things 
is part of that training. And it's not natural for everybody. Definitely not. It wasn't natural for me. And then I thought, sometimes you've got to practice what you preach. And they go, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm going to do this video. All right, I should really do an introduction. <laughs> yeah, let's just do it. And I think don't go from a, a, a written script. I think that's one of the key things. Go from some bullet points. You go, I yeah. want to get at this point and this point in your mind and be conversational. Hi, I'm this. We do this. And I'd like to tell you about this. And keep it really conversational and you want to connect with me give us a call hook the website etc so you're getting your personality across because that's one of the great things especially now video can do that yeah and you can do that at a certain scale without having to go to the likes of me initially obviously if you need help out there we can obviously offer that and I have done uh, mentoring and some training with some small businesses to help them on that journey to get them set up to go oh this is terrifying for me and then I've done that I've gone in I've gone into the business I'm going right you go through these steps given them the basic tools to know what they need to do and set them out and given them the right tools to go this is the path this is you can do this there's lots of other things technology is constantly changing but then they got the confidence to go yeah. out and go, okay, yeah, we can do this. And to see that business and those people being, I would say, timid behind the camera. And then I, I saw, saw one of them on one particular business on one of these Zoom networks and they were a completely different person. Mm -hmm. They were confident. They were coming across. They knew what they were saying. And that was not the person I met when we first started that conversation. I thought they've taken on board all those lessons and yeah. And, and tip and gone with it and now they're coming across as someone who's really confident in their space because nobody knows your business or your business yeah i wouldn't tell you how to run your business but i can tell you how to use video as a marketing tool to help get the goals in your business that you want to achieve yeah that's something i would always ask something don't do video's sake but have a plan of where you want what you want to achieve with it it's if you're doing a blog post or a podcast mm -hmm. what's your aim here where, where do you want to go so whether it's i want to do a product testimonial about this thing and the upshot of that is i want to sell five of these units and make uh, over a million pounds of turnover but then you've got your goals in your mind or you might be just like i just want a nice glitzy website video which you can put on the website use on the trade shows so people can see our wares it can be all sorts of scales but i would say look at video as part of your digital assets yeah and build up that library of those assets so you might find you do something two three years ago but elements of that are really relevant to a new product you're launching but you don't need to redo everything all the time you can go we'll take those elements we'll keep those elements and we'll build it into this new thing so you're not having to reinvent the wheel every time. I think that's really interesting. I think we sometimes forget that we can repurpose our knowledge and content a number of different times. So we were talking right before we started recording this audio that actually when we could use the video content, because obviously we're doing this on Zoom as well, to maybe repurpose that and drive people to the podcast, which is, I think is an, a, another really great tip um, and takeaway for the listeners today. So yeah, I think it's just not been, I think it's sometimes just getting started, isn't it, with video and just having a go. But I think it is important just to be conversational and not to get too hung up on the 
what am I going to look like? What if I say the wrong thing? Does it need to be scripted or not? And just be ourselves, really. I think that's uh, what I've been learning. Hopefully lots of people have learned that lesson over this period of being on Zoom calls and I know there's grandparents that have been Zooming with grandchildren and all that kind of thing. So I think everybody, whether you're in the business world or not, has maybe really built up that confidence and hopefully that will continue in business as, as we move forward. So you've got the Rainbow Trout films, but then you've also got the Northern Video Company. What's the difference? So I'll tell you the story uh, about that. I've got a, a sort of a business mentor or someone who's, who's helped me along uh, the journey called, his guy called Den Lenny, and he runs also a podcast, uh, video business uh, accelerator podcast. So aimed at people like myself who are in production and how to build your business. And at the end of 2018, I was invited down to a two-day video business masterminding session. And what that entailed was, there's about 12 different businesses. There's 12 of us all in one room with then leading the course. And basically, we would then all have a time to talk about where we were at with our business and what challenges we were facing and how we could over, overcome things. And then we had this wonderful thing of there's not just one idea. There's mm -hmm. another 11 or 12 ideas in that room of people that uh, could be further along the journey than you in a different sector, but have all been and trod that road. So I got so much out of that two-day course. And one of the things that, that came up was for my creative work, Rainbow Trout Films really works. So when I'm doing some creative documentary, it's, it's perfect. But when it comes to, say, an engineering firm wanting a corporate video for their uh, latest machines, it, it, Rainbow Trout Films might not be the, the first name they think of. And through the course of having uh, those discussions, we collectively came up and I pitched back to them and said, how about we thought of lots of different names but one that stuck with me was the Northern Video Company. Because mm -hmm. I thought, well, we are up here. We're in the north of England. It's a very industrial area. One of the other key points was with video production, there are so many facets to it, whether you're doing 360, 3D, 4K, 8K, 12K now, or corporate drama. There's so many different areas. And what that enabled me to do was to be able to niche down into some business sectors. Mm -hmm. So then rather than go, I'm just a bland production company like every other production company around. Actually, we're now the specialists in uh, the engineering, manufacturing and logistics space. So we're able to niche down. We can still do other things. Yeah. And I still work with lots of other sectors because what we do is, it can be cross-sector. But from a marketing point of view, it gave us the ability to go, no, this is the route we're going. But it also gives us the flexibility to change and adapt that as we grow as a business. So that became a, sort of a brand within the business. So it's not a separate business. It's a brand it's within Rainbow Trout Films. Yeah. It means that when I have those conversations, I can be, this is a Northern Video Company, part of Rainbow Trout Films, but this is our specialist field. And that has been a real, so when I've been doing a lot of these Zoom networking things, especially during COVID, networking has been a godsend for me. And to get out there in front of so many people that I can say, I'm working on this for this and this sector 
on the back of me saying that, so many people have come back to me, ah, I need to talk to you because I mentioned one of the sectors that they might yeah. have something some interest in. Whereas if I'd have just gone, we're just video production, the end, those conversations wouldn't have necessarily happened. Uh-huh. So yeah, my big uh, pivot there was to niche down in, into some sectors to create the go-to person for yeah. that type of content. I think that's a really clever thing to do, isn't it? As well, you hear about niching or niching, depending on where in the world you're listening to the podcast. And we hear about it a lot in marketing, but it really is important to make sure you get the, the right target audience. And it sounds like that was a, a good move for you to do that. And it's, it's a, such a strong name as well. I think it's very distinguishable from your Rainbow Trout films yeah. identity as well. Yeah. yeah, thank you. We all have skills and experience that we've amassed over the journey of our career. I like to call them superpowers, but are there things that you would like to share with our listeners that you think are your kind of key strengths? I, I guess it's from, obviously, I've got a whole breadth of knowledge and I think one of my strengths is, and I'm sure you'll attend to this, I've recently done some business mentoring part of uh, a LEP partnership with the digital Mm -hmm. enterprise where we do some mentoring with some SME businesses. And so it's giving back and sharing in that knowledge. And for me, it's unlocking whatever that roadblock is for that business or the SME business that they want to grow to the next level, but don't know how to. And if they come to me and say, I really want to do some video, I don't know what to do. Or it ends up being, have you thought about doing it like this? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, have you thought about getting some video testimonials as a prime example and going, oh yes. And I said, once you've got that in that form, you can repurpose it across audio. You can take elements out of it into your website, into your blogs. It's such a, uh, once you've got that asset and that person saying this and this about your business, use it, mm-hmm. <laughs> make, as you say, bang the drum, which we're all sometimes not that good at doing us <laughs> for ourselves. And I think, yeah, having sharing that. And I think at the moment, going through a pivot in my business at the moment where because of COVID, the only thing I've, I've built up some really good partnerships and relationships with other yeah. businesses within my network, within my area, to the point where I'm actually moving into a larger office, believe it or not, with its own studio space which I'm sharing with a local photographer, but then we can then offer so much more mm-hmm. from a, a package perspective than we could do before. And that's quite scary given our current situations with local lockdowns and uh, things with the COVID changing all the time. But it just feels like this is the right step to help build us to the next level. Yeah. And I think it, I mean, in terms of the superpower that you've identified, I think that's an incredibly important one to be able to help unlock those challenges that people might have. And sometimes they can't see that themselves because they're, they're in the thick of the, the work that they're doing day in, day out. So that must be very rewarding to be able to identify that for them and help them along that way. So as entrepreneurs, then we, we all have our platforms of choice to be able to get our message out there into the world. Is there something that's working particularly well for rainbow trout one of the new things we're going to be launching within the next couple of months probably october november time because one one thing we have realized is video production generally speaking is very expensive and scary for lots of businesses whether they're small medium or even large businesses Mm -hmm. 
And when you come to them with something that's going to cost this, that people panic. Not all people, but some people can. And there are different levels and different tiers. So one of the things we're, we're going to be launching is a subscription-based service where businesses can access our technology, our skills, and get so much content depending on what mm-hmm. tier that is. Yeah. So, for instance, for those larger companies who may have been thinking of hiring an in-house biography department, that's quite inexpensive. You've got the cost of hiring that person, paying that person, and then the whole massive cost of hiring and getting in the kit. Camera equipment is expensive at the best of times, and it's always changing. We went when I started my career, we were in the standard definition world. We went to HD, yeah. now into the 4K. They're bringing out cameras now that are 8K, 12K even. So technology is moving on very rapidly. And as a production company, we like to try and keep up to the best of that we can with that. But then I'm hoping that will allow those businesses to take on our services without the risk of having that employer or mm-hmm. anything. So they can still get the content, whether it's a, a local farm shop needing to get all the information out about what their new products are, right up to a big financial firm saying we've got all this internal marketing to do to be able to uh, afford to do that in, in a slightly different way. Because what I've noticed, and I'm sure you have, so many things have now gone on to a subscription-based platform whether it's your Microsoft Suite, it's 365, or for us, we're using Adobe Premiere and After Effects. It's all based on subscriptions. So it, being able to access all of the services through one, one point and get great content and help to help with, I guess, the strategy, because it's not just we come in and shoot a video. Yeah, We'll have the discussions about, what you want to achieve, how we can achieve it, and using uh, video as part as a key part of that strategy, whether that's within your social media and um, other forms. As I say, you can produce a video, but you might produce one big video. You can then take 10 different elements out, which you can then use on social media posts. Then you can do a blog post, which you can include the video in, take the, the transcript, repurpose that into a blog so you've got those digital assets but you're repurposing them 10 12 14 times and then you might go this might be then relevant again in three months time and go we've got it we can just repurpose it rejig it i think that's i think that element of that creative support that you also bring then with this subscription service is really valuable because i think for a lot of smes it's not the first hurdle is actually I need to create a video and it might be just one video. And, but then it's the thought behind what is that going to look like? How we're going to do that? What's, how is that going to be interpreted and how is that going to be perceived by people out there? And then it almost feels like that's the end of the road when actually, like you say, it can be repurposed and used a number of times. So I think such as a valuable service that you're going to be able to provide on an ongoing basis. So they never have to think about that for themselves again, I suppose. Obviously they'll be involved in that creative process with you but they're not on their own and, and it seems like you're trying to simple simplify that that process for them yeah so we're not in their face all the time but then when we're coming to do the filming we all know what we're doing we've mm-hmm. done the planning we've done the prep they know exactly what messages they want to get across to their audience i think that's key and then learning from that and going finding out that really worked well that worked well 
that didn't work so well. Why didn't that work so well? Ah, let's try and do it this way. And so it's obviously testing that all along yeah, and seeing how that works. So that, as you say, it goes into your blogs, it goes into email marketing. Mm-hmm. It can feed into so many different channels. It's something well worth thinking about. Yeah, I like that. It's a good model. And I think a lot of businesses will benefit from that support. So this obviously shows all about visualizing you. So what do you see for your company in the future? What's coming next for you? In the very immediate future, as I mentioned, we're moving uh, into a larger office. So we'll have a studio space in the center of Halifax. So we'll be able to do interviews, podcasts. As I've teamed up with a local photographer called Danny Thompson. Uh, he does uh, fantastic commercial photography. We'll be doing a lot more together. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you might think, oh yeah, I want to do some videos, but actually I need a lot of product photography in there as well. The nice thing is how I can see that forming and building is that we'll be able to offer that. And one of the other things I'm focusing on is very much uh, systemizing processes within our business so that in the future, I'll be able to take more of a backseat from all the hands-on and become more of an overview. So I'd like, I'm hoping seeing the business expand over the next couple of years as we grow and build this and other products. Yes, exciting and scary times because this is a big leap for us from moving from that bedroom office edit suite to real life offices (laughs) and interactions. So it's, I'm looking forward to the challenges and the opportunities that move ahead that sounds great thank you for sharing all of that with us and i wish you all the luck uh, for your company in the future where can people find out more about you online and any of the services that you've got available obviously uh, you can find me on linkedin under if you search for james meller we've also got obviously rainbowtroutfilms.com for the main company for our creative work whether that's documentaries and films etc and then we've got the northernvideocompany.com for the corporate work and there's there's crossing links to all of those please check us out please give us a follow and look forward to having more great conversations with many of you out there and hopefully we can help some more i'm sure you will and i'll put all the links to the um, various websites in the show notes for today so people can check them out there as well Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Beth. It's been a pleasure. Okay, everybody. I really hope you've enjoyed today's podcast with James. There were so many good nuggets in there. For me, it was the whole journey that James has been through in terms of how he has learned his craft, that willingness to really get stuck in and learn and absorb when he's on the sets and to be the runner and do all of these these tasks and work his way up that career ladder to where he is today and starting his own business. I also thought it was really interesting what James said about the thing that makes you stand out to a producer or whoever who is recruiting you or a business or a client that is looking for you. It might not be the thing that you are expecting to be the thing that connects you. So James talks about how this one producer director was really interested in James's work on the show The Last of the Summer Wine when he was trying to get his foot in the door at Warner Brothers. I just think that's really important that 
all of our skills and experiences across our journey are so important and we shouldn't put them in a hierarchy. They are all part of our journey and they are all so valuable and you never know who is listening and who is connecting to the things that they see and hear from you. James also talks about that process of coming up with your name when starting a business and creating a new brand for your business. And we've already mentioned masterminds already at the beginning of the podcast, but there's something so powerful about going through that process with others and bouncing ideas off one another. Another life lesson, and I've also learned this, is that when you're starting out in business, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't rely on that one client to always be around and always be able to bring in that steady income. You need to diversify and you need to look at different ways and different revenue streams that you can bring into your business, whether that's affiliate marketing or partnerships or sponsorships or something else. There's so many different ways that you can make money. I also love what James says about small businesses and individuals creating videos for the first time not to do them scripted but to have pointers I like having scripts I like having things I like feeling organized I feel really unprepared if I don't have something in front of me but having a script you can totally tell when somebody has a script and it just doesn't feel as authentic so this idea of just having some pointers that you can refer back to and just have a natural conversation is so important. And I think it's really sound advice. And don't forget to check out James's new subscription-based service that's gonna support small and medium-sized businesses with their video production and help them to repurpose content. So I think a lot of businesses really struggle with video creation. They maybe don't feel confident and they do it and then they're so relieved that it is done and out of the way that they don't do all the strategic thinking around actually how can I repurpose this content how can I maximize the reach of this content and so James's model and subscription model is going to be so helpful to so many businesses and professionals and helping people just to get out of their own way in terms of creating video okay I really hope you have enjoyed this show please do leave me a review and I look forward to sharing more podcast interviews with you very soon all right my friends I hope you've enjoyed today's show I have some freebies waiting for you over on my site at visualizeyou.com that are going to help you get started on your career pivot I'm offering you not one but two business and career downloadable affirmation audios a guide to journaling and a ton of affirmation scripts you can choose what you like or simply devour them all if you've always wanted to master the art of creative visualization check out my signature course the visualization vault it's self-paced comes with a loving community and you'll learn how to release resistance and creatively visualize your best life and business with exercises affirmations meditations and more head to visualizeyou.com forward slash vault and get the course at my new podcast listener rate check out the show notes for all the links Okay, so that's all for today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any aha moments, tag me in your social media stories and please leave me a review on iTunes. It'll really help me out. Until next time, remember to visualize you.